Hello and welcome to the Pro Football Network Miami Dolphins podcast. I'm your host, Matt Infante, joined as always by Adam H. Beasley. And Adam, the Dolphins had a fantastic holiday weekend in New Jersey. But before we get into that, how was your holiday weekend? Oh, it was great. You know, I love those Friday games. It's, uh, you know, you, you work a little bit on Thanksgiving, you work a lot on Friday, a little bit on Saturday, and then I could actually watch some football on Sunday, which is a nice change of pace. Did you get in any shopping at all? Went to Sawgrass Mills on okay. Saturday, home of the defending Eastern Conference champion, Florida Panthers. Uh, some good value out there, although you do see the worst of humanity Thanksgiving weekend at a mega mall. So, uh, well, that's why you should have went to the PFN merchandise store, oh. which is now open at, just in time for the holiday season. You can visit pfnmerch.com for exclusive shirts, sweaters, hats, and more for the football fans in your life. That includes some Miami Dolphins themed shirts as well. And yes, of course, there is a Tua themed shirt. Um, it's also, it's an awesome shirt, I think. So pfnmerch.com, Adam, you could have went there, save yourself some trouble of dealing with the crowds and the crazies on the holiday weekend. I got to say that was fantastic. I had no idea where you were going with that. And it was just, boom, here's the promo. Thank you. you. Um, But let's talk about the Jets. Or, or, Or you know what? Let's talk about what the Dolphins did to the Jets. Um, they got to eight and three, right. For the first time since, well, last year. Um, and then we won't talk about what happened last year after they went eight and three this year should be different. They dismantled the jets. Um, despite some sloppy play, they still managed to, to put a 21 point, you know, victory on the board in a game that I, I admit I was wrong. I said, I was more worried about, you know, playing Tim Boyle than I would have been Zach Wilson. And I was Horribly, you know, dreadfully wrong. And Adam, you were right there. Um, is there a takeaway from this game beyond the fact that the Dolphins can beat a bad team, even if they make a lot of mistakes? Well, yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't think we're we're plumbing the depths of how bad the Jets are at this point. Uh, and it looks like the defense has kind of quit. Um, and we, we'll talk about this in a minute. But the way that they were able to manhandle them in the second half on the ground was really impressive. It was really impressive. I think they had even after uh, their offensive line just totally went bonkers, right? Because they were they finished the game with Connor Williams as the only starter on the field. Uh, Austin Jackson got kicked out. Teron Armstead, unfortunately, got hurt again. Quadriceps, we'll get into that in a sec. Uh, and they were already without their top two guards. So it was a total mix and match. Uh, and they still ran for like 10 yards of carry in the fourth quarter when the Jets were just waving the white flag. So uh, interesting to see. Uh, who takes what kind of blame in New York after this just complete another debacle of a season for them? Um, huge Super Bowl hopes going into the year. And of course, losing Aaron Rodgers uh, three snaps in or whatever it is, the season is going to it's going to hurt any team. But I think they could have survived it a lot better than they could have than they did. Play good defense, run the ball, have a competent quarterback as your backup. Um, there's going to be, I think, a reckoning for some people in New York. Uh, I know that makes you really sad inside to hear that, Matt. Huge, huge, huge Jets partisan we've got on this call. Yeah, you know me. Uh, But I do think that uh, the Dolphins, by doing what they had to do, um, very encouraging. Very, very encouraging that they were able to run the ball that way. Uh, And maybe, just maybe, they're a little bit more physical than we thought. 
Yeah, and it seemed like after the um the the bone headed interceptions, um we'll call them late in the second half, uh that that McDaniel you know late in the first half in the second half they they did lean more on the run. Um, is that just because the game was also getting out of hand? Do you think there's something to uh, you know McDaniel was backing off a little bit to let Tua get a breather after those two bad interceptions? Uh, you know, is there anything to read into that? Well, I hope it shouldn't have to come to that, right? I, I would hope that if they have the ability, like this, this is a team that, I mean, even as recently, I just think as two, three weeks ago, was still the number one team in the league in rush offense. Um, I know he's got Tyreek Hill. I know he's got Jalen Waddle. And I know the more efficient play is always to throw the ball, but you have to have that balance and that physicality. And you have to make teams respect the play action. Um the commanders will not be a problem, by the way. They that team is worse than the Jets, I think. Certainly way worse on defense. Like way worse on defense. That's a horrendously bad team on defense right now. Uh oh, Montez Sweat and 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 Chase Young both gone. It's just they've the bottom's fallen out. We could talk about that in a bit. Um, so it's not like and what to me, the unfortunate thing is, Matt, is I think they're playing pretty well right now, and you don't have a chance to really prove it because you're not going to get any more credit for a three-score win than you are over than a seven-point win over the Jets. You're just not. It's like, the, the okay, the Dolphins checked a box. They took care of the Jets and move on. I, I think that's unfair to how well they're playing right now, particularly on the defensive side of the ball, and I think you've got some stats to back that up. Yeah, so let's, yeah, let's talk about the defense, and then we can swing back around to the offense. Um, Really, I mean, and the Jane, Jalen Phillips injury is is a concern, obviously. Um, we'll, we'll talk about that and what that means for the players behind him now. But really, I mean, since week five, so the uh, the, the Dolphins communications team put out some great um, great stats on Twitter that they are first in total defense since week five, uh, first in yards per play allowed. They are second in rush defense. They are second in third down defense. There's all kinds of stats. First I wanted points. to look back. First points. That. Yeah. What, what was that? Yeah, first in points, too. Yes, first in points allowed. But I wanted to go back to since week two. So you take away that Charger game, and they're still their third in yards per play allowed, fifth in total defense. Um, and they are, if you want to go, you know, advanced metrics, EPA per play, they are sixth in the NFL since week two. So you take away that Charger game. Um, th- this defense has been outstanding really since then, and it's kicked it up a notch since uh, Jalen Ramsey came back. Yeah, and and I think it's a combination of things. Certainly having arguably the best cornerback in football on your team uh, is going to have a massive, massive difference. I think he's been targeted 16 times in four games. He's given up five completions. I believe his passer rating against is below five, not below 50, below five. Um, Really, 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 really good. Um, But I don't think you can discount how well everyone else in that secondary is playing as well. We saw the... Hell Mary out of the Jets, the Javon Holland pick six, uh, 99 yards, which kind of was just a great snapshot of the entire Jets debacle of the season. Um, uh, Deshaun Elliott's been good, man. I mean, he we don't talk about him at all. He's been good. Cater Kohu, once they moved him back to the place where he should be, which is playing the slot, really, really, really good. Um, and the thing about Xavier Howard is he's like, have you even noticed Xavier Howard? Not, not saying in a bad way, but have you even like – I forget that he's on the field half the time. Well, certainly the Jets didn't throw the ball. So that game was, you know, obviously. Uh, but, like, 
haven't had the game-changing plays from X that you'd expect. I know I, I thought he'd have a big interception season, and he hasn't. Um, but, you know, he's he's been more than solid. Like, his, his metrics are very, very good. Um, and you put it all together with the pass rush that, yes, it'll be diminished some without Jalen Phillips. But I don't think there's going to be some huge drop-off there, Matt. I don't think it's like they're going to suddenly forget how to rush the passer. He was, you know, he, he, he was probably their most versatile guy in the front seven but he wasn't their best pass rusher in the front seven. Um, and so I think you can fill that hole. Certainly uh, AVG is a versatile guy as well. So he can give you some of those things that Phillips did in the non-pass rushing side. And wow, what a, what a script this could be for Emmanuel Agba, who was totally a forgotten guy, totally a forgotten guy um, for you know, the first 10 weeks of the season. Uh, and now he is going to play an enormously important role down the stretch for a championship level defense uh, could not draw it up any better for him. Yeah. When I was watching the jet game and Phillips goes down and had a chance to digest it, my immediate thought was, well, here comes the Emmanuel Agba, um, you know, redemption tour here. Um, he really wants to make a statement. He can do so. And like you said, you know, Agba, I think you wrote an article for this on pro football network. He's played in about 21% of the snaps and he's mm-hmm. still tied for fifth in the team with four sacks and right. 10 pressures which um, is impressive. I went back to look at his numbers in pro football reference since they started tracking just pressures, and that was 2018. And it's actually Agba who has the two uh, best single season um, pressure numbers amongst Dolphins, right? He had 39 in 2021. He had 36 in 2020. Uh, The next closest are Phillips, who had 36 as well in 2022. And then Cam Wake had 33. So Agba has, yeah. Agba has has um, you know performed when he had the chance, and he had some injury issues, and kind of lost the lost the job. You know when they traded for for Bradley Chubb, kind of um, sealed the deal with him and, and Phillips taking over the starting role. But it, you know how much of a drop off in the pass rushes they're going to be could be negligible, right? Yeah, and he, and here's the thing: is I I hate playing Monday night, Monday morning quarterback with with injuries certainly, and I think that MetLife turf had an enormous role in in what we saw there but would the Dolphins been better served all along rotating their guys a little bit more I mean Phillips fantastic shape it's not like he he got hurt because of conditioning I mean he is an Adonis like you know he is a he is chiseled and so it's not you know again I'm not blaming the strength staff I'm not blaming the training staff I'm not blaming the coaching staff I'm just curious as to if maybe that there was some wear and tear there uh with that injury and the turf just was the was the thing that made it go, or it was just totally an, you know an act of God. Nothing could have helped that. But um, it is bizarre that not only a guy who's making fifteen million dollars in base salary this year, he has the number one cap figure. Think about that. Manuel Agba is a number one cap figure on this roster, which is insane because you think of all the stars they have on this roster. It's not like you know this is a bad team. This is a team that is loaded with superstars. Clearly, those numbers for all those superstars are going to go through the roof next year, to a tongue of a little included. Um, but it is the most bizarre asset allocation I can think of where a team that has – they're on hard knocks for a reason, right? They have all these stars. They have all these these influencers. And, and Agba, who can't see the field for the first two and a half months of the season, is the guy who's making the most. It's really crazy. Yeah, and, and boy, what a story for Hard Knocks to uh, document here if Agba becomes a, a, a key piece and makes key plays down the stretch here on this run. That that will be a 
fun storyline, almost as if it's scripted, right, Adam? As some might say. Um, so I'm pretty, I'm, pre- I'm pretty sure Jalen Phillips doesn't think it was scripted. No, no. He, <laughs> when he got the script and read that part, he couldn't have been happy, right? I mean, um, but let me ask. So we talked about the defense. Are you more concerned during this stretch run about defense or some element of the offense? Well, let's see. I mean, I, I think the offense is playing on a down-in, down-out basis almost as well as they did at the start of the season. Um, I think their metrics are pretty good. The one thing we talked about this, I believe, multiple times is the, the explosive plays. That's what's missing. And maybe A-Chan coming back this week will help. Uh, maybe, you know, Tyreek getting a little healthy, which, by the way, <laughs> I mean, he's those 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 nicks and bruises and bumps and all that are, are starting to add up with him now. He's had, I think, three times in five weeks now, some sort of injury. Uh, hip, uh, was it hand, uh, and then ankle. Uh, and I think that hand injury is the reason he dropped that touchdown. I, I think he was, he's having trouble clutching the ball. Uh, and and I, I believe he admitted that to the Amazon Prime broadcast team. Um, but, you know, these teams are playing you know, too high shell. They're just not going to let Tyreek and Waddle run free. And if it does happen, like in the the Broncos game is just total bust, you know, and maybe that happens this week because the commanders are so inept, but you play the best teams and you're not going to have the run free touchdowns uh, that you've seen. Certainly the, the, where they, where they build up that resume that made them in the conversation for the best offense of all time, teams are no longer allowing them to do that. So that is, you know, a concern, but I'd be more concerned if they haven't shown the ability to hasn't shown the ability Aside from those two boneheaded mistakes he makes every single week, sometimes they get intercepted, sometimes they don't. But every week he throws two balls that'll get picked, that could get picked. Um, other than that, he's phenomenal. He is absolutely phenomenal in uh, diagnosing the defense, reacting, putting the ball where it should be on time in a way that his receivers can make a play, not just catch the ball and fall on their butts. Um, Run the football, man, and I and I think we should spend a little bit of time about talking about this, not just the third and fourth and short, but more broadly. They had, you know, I, I don't want to impugn these guys, but they had a backup offensive line. I think is the way to put it: a backup offensive line moving a Jets front uh, this past week, and they had. Jeff Wilson, who has a success rate, I think I looked it up. What was it, fifty-six percent, maybe somewhere in that neighborhood? fantastic and he 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 had a big rushing day against the jets without any home runs and and that to me is it's a signal of a team that can play physical that can get you four or five six yards every time they line up and hand the ball off you do that enough and you're not going to see those two high shells because teams like yeah they don't want to get beat deep but it's it's I think it's worse. It's demoralizing to give up these twelve play eighty five yard drives that take seven minutes off the off the clock, and your defense is just banged up afterwards because they got they got sat on. So um, I am going to get on the table now, Matthew, and advocate more Jeff Wilson. Show us Jeff Wilson, even if Devon Achan comes back this week, which I think there's a real chance he does. Um, you need to get him five, eight, 10 carries every single game, change of pace, physicality. And they absolutely, absolutely should lean on him as their short yardage back because he is the best of what they have at that skill. 
and he's good at it. He is good at picking up. Like they they ran the ball, I think, on third and two, and he got f- four or five yards, right? Uh, and you've got some stats that that kind of suggest that uh, the Dolphins don't run the ball nearly enough in those situations. Um, I would agree. I think that they have the ability to do it. They have a back in Jeff Wilson who can get those tough yards. Um, and I think it's time just to do it. Yeah, you know, we talk about the short yardage stuff. Um, it's obviously been talked about a lot, um, you know, on Twitter amongst Dolphin fans and I think a little bit in the broadcast as well. Um, so I wanted to look at what they've done actually in short yardage, right? So how did I define short yardage? If it was third or fourth down with two or less to go. Okay, and that includes if, if they're down around the goal line. Um, and they've ran seven rushing plays on third or fourth and two or less. If you discount two plays that were aborted because of bad snaps. So I take those aside, that, that's a whole other issue, right? That just having a clean operation. But seven rushing plays on third or fourth down and two or less to go, they converted four of them for a first down or a touchdown. So, you know, not, not bad by any means. Two of those three failures were back-to-back plays against the Broncos. There were Alec Ingold runs on third and one and fourth and one, and they were short both times. Take those away, all of a sudden you are, you know, uh, out of the seven rushing plays they converted – or, well, out of five rushing plays, they converted four of them, right? If you take away the two fullback runs. You're taking away a lot of things. that. No, I know. Okay. They're, but they're I feeling to, this. This is more <laughs> about then I wanted to see how often they actually ran in their situation. So I went back to week five. Um, it seemed like a logical place because they've only run the ball two times in these situations since week five. Once against the Panthers, once against the Jets. They converted both. Uh, it was a touchdown for Carolina. It was the Jeff Wilson run against the Jets, just, you know, that you just noted. They also, during that time, threw 12 pass attempts on third or fourth and two or fewer to go. Okay, 12 pass attempts, only converted six of them. The balance just doesn't, I mean, there's nothing there that tells me that they should lack confidence in the ability to get a yard or two in those situations. And yet McDaniel, it seems like, and I I, I said it on Twitter, I think others have said it, does he overthink some of these play calls sometimes? And I hate to question him because he knows more, you know, than I could ever dream of knowing. But th- that's a big imbalance since week five. We have 12 pass attempts versus two rush attempts in short yardage situations. Yeah, and, and I'm curious. I'd be curious to see, and I don't have the data in front of me, how that matches up with the league average. I think a lot of teams run or throw the ball in third and fourth and short. I think they do because they think it gives them a better chance to pick it up. Um I would agree that they have the capability to do it. Again, Jeff Wilson, 4.7 yards per carry long of 14 tells me that he, between the tackles, can get you those tough yards. Um, But I will say this. uh, I know Mike pretty well at this point. I've spent – this is almost two full seasons now. Uh, He's got an edge, but he doesn't have an ego, if that's a way to put it, right? And a lot of times coaches will – look at the data and say, no, I know better. I don't know if Mike's that guy, right? And I wonder if he is seeing something that we're not in practice, has a feel for his personnel in a way that we don't, that gives him pause in those situations. Now, that those concerns, I think you and I might agree, it might be overblown, but we also have to concede that he has all the information and we have just a fraction of it. Um, and so why and it'd be interesting to sit down and and ask him at length why do you trust the pass more than the run there and i'm sure his answer is going to be because i have two and tyreek and waddle like that's going to be his answer and if i need a play i'm going to go to the guys i know who can make plays 
doesn't explain why they threw into traffic to Durham Smythe on what was a third and short uh, in the first half. Um, but, you know, it, it, and again, that ball hit Tyreek in the hands, right? Uh, like that, that's a touchdown. That's, uh, yes, it goes down as a failed pass. It wasn't because of the quarterback. It wasn't about because of the, the play call. Both those things worked. It was the receiver just dropped the ball. So um, yeah. I don't know. I, I, I do know this. The Dolphins at this point believe themselves to be a physical team. And I know they heard some of the chatter. Oh, this is a finesse team, all that. I I, I think they've proven, A, that that's not necessarily true. Um, and I, I, I think they – they kind of have a chip on their shoulder that, no, we, we can go and get those tough yards. I talked to uh, Alec Ingold. I asked him about this yesterday. I asked him, I was like, you know, this is a team that's known for being explosive, those, those high flying plays. Um, there are those doubters that say, is this, is this is just a finesse team? Are they physical or not? And he said, it's speed to power. Um, you know, you see Raheem Mostert basically trucking guys every week and he's one of the fastest guys in the league. Uh, when you're able to, this is the quote, when you're able to make that physical track meet happen, it's important. It takes all 11 to have that physical presence, but when you're going up against good defenses and you have to have four five, six yard carries and string those out and stack them, that's another place of improvement where you're able to see the development throughout our offense. So if the big plays aren't happening, you can still rely on those fundamentals and techniques. So long way of saying they think that they are that team and they're getting better at doing it. We'll see if the head coach trusts them in those those crucial situations to be that team. Uh, yeah, and so if you were Mike McDaniel, let, let, let's just put you there in, in those spots. I probably wouldn't be living in this house. but yeah, It's a nice house, but I probably wouldn't be living here. Okay. Beyond that, beyond that, and, and maybe you wouldn't be stealing um, stealing dates from 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 your players. <laughs> Which which didn't have which he debunked a little bit there, right? Um, you can read all about it on 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 Pro Football Network. Adam Adam has a piece about about Mike's response. Is that the uh, first time Mike. that the uh, term "d bag" has appeared in a headline uh, at a PFN story? Yes, yes, one hundred percent. That's why I went through se- you know several levels of of approval there to to <laughs> be able to use "d bag" in the title. Um, but okay, so you're Mike McDaniel. What would you look with Jeff Wilson, your, your, your remedy initially, let, let, let's give him run. Let's test him in these situations and see if he can do it. And, and this might be the time, right? Against some of these teams um, in these games that you should win handily, right? Let's admit that to, to, to really give him run and, and prove it out that, that it can be Jeff Wilson. Well, and here's the thing. Uh, they, they run a lot of two backs, but how much dot do they run? Like not a ton. Like I, I'm trying to remember. I mean, Try that. <laughs> You've got one of the better fullbacks in the league in Alkingold, and you have a proven power back in Jeff Wilson. Uh, send the fullback in there and see if you can just pick up the hard yards that way. Uh, they're not going to do the tush push. It's very clear no. that they have no interest in putting Tua Tungabello at risk, and they probably don't think it'd be particularly effective. They're not going to do that. We talked at all. Uh, we talked a bit last week about maybe using a non-quarterback, Chase Claypool, some of these bigger body tight end slash wide receivers they have. Frank Smith doesn't love that idea either because it ups the risk of putting the ball on the ground. Well, you got to do something, right? And so the something should be you go heavy, you go maybe 22, right? 22 package. Tell Alec Ingold to earn his money in the trenches and just punch somebody in the teeth and get the tough yard that way. 
It's not pretty. It's not flashy, but it's effective. Uh, try that. And then when you do that consistently, Matt, run play action, right? And and yeah. and you you yeah. you leak out your tight end. You don't need to go, you know, 30, 40 yards downfield, but you leak out your tight end. There, the, teams have to trust that and fear that that running potential. And if your you know tendencies are pass, 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 play action is a little bit less effective. So yeah, I, I agree with you. I think they're going to absolutely hammer the Commanders, hammer them this weekend for reasons we can get into in a second. Um, but if they do get into that short yarded situation, don't be afraid to to prove that you have that physicality. Right. And this isn't to put down what they did against the Jets on third down in general, right? I mean, Mike McDaniel had said that that was probably two of his best third down game, except for a throw, you know, because one of his interceptions was a third down. Other than that, he was 10 of 12 for 160 yards, converted nine of 14 dropbacks for first downs, uh, five plays of 15 plus yards on third down. So we're not saying that, but, you know, when you get down into these situations where, um, you know, your goal to go, for example, and that has been a bugaboo. We've talked about this on the podcast where, you know, goal to go, they can stand to improve. They're good in the red zone, but they're a little bit less good, if that's a word, um, inside the 10. And maybe this is another area where, you know, Jeff Wilson can can can, can help them. Although Mostert's been fine, too, and maybe it's a commitment to the run. I'm not sure. But you talked about the commanders and how <laughs> the the – Dolphins should blow them out of the water. Um, I, I, I want to ask big picture beyond just the commanders. A couple of weeks ago, we talked about how you know winning five in a row, right? You get to eleven and three heading into the Christmas Eve game against the Cowboys, and how you know mathematically, just winning five games in a row in this league is tough, right? It's just not an easy thing to do, even if you're playing a bunch of cupcakes. And they're forty percent of the way there now with Washington, Tennessee, and the Jets again. Are you taking a victory lap on me already with three games to go? I'm asking if you're confident. Have you changed your mindset? I mean, 11 and three heading into Christmas Eve seems more likely now than it ever has. Um, The the, the Jet game was the one, right or wrong, that I was more nervous about than anything, regardless of who was quarterback, because divisional game, short week, on the road, all, all of that stuff. Just, you know, the Jets in general, sometimes they win games that shouldn't against the Dolphins. And, you know, the Dolphins put that to rest pretty quickly. Uh, so so how do you feel about these next I, three in general? I think when I said that, I overestimated the quality of the opponents, right? Uh, I think every single game – well, it's up to nine and a half now this week on the road. Yeah. It was double digits last week on the road. Tennessee is going to be double digits at home. New York is going to be double digits at home. I mean, has there ever been a stretch where they've been double-digit favorites for five consecutive weeks? That, that that is mind boggling. I mean, it's really hard to be two score favorites um, in the National Football League. It's really really hard, um, and they're probably going to do it. I haven't seen again the latest uh, number for the Commanders, but it's going to be close. It's going to be nine and a half, ten points probably when it's all said and done. So um, yeah, I think if I if I failed anywhere, it was overestimating the Jets because I thought they would have put up a lot more of a fight than they did uh, in that game. Um, but yeah, no, it, it, I think at this point, anything but 11 and three is a disappointment, not saying it's a lock, but I think it's certainly more likely than not at this point. Okay. So then, um, let's talk, you know, AFC playoff picture then real quick. Um, can, can I, I put all those fun stats together on the commanders just to dunk on them. Can okay. I- fine. Okay. Let, let's, let's 
dump on the commanders, and then we can talk big picture. Go ahead. I, I spent literally 20 minutes putting this together, and you're just you're just breezing right past it, okay? Just breezing right past it. Okay, no, no, go, go ahead. By all means, let, let's put a, a, a nail in the commander's coffin here. Okay, Enjoy. so <laughs> uh, we can laugh about Sam Howell and the offense all we want. And crazy thing is that these are the two top passers in the National Football League in terms of passing yardage. The showdown America is waiting for, Dolphins commanders, Tua Tungabaloa versus Sam Howell. Crazy. Is, is Howell leading the league in passing yards? Is that correct? I believe it's either he, he or is. T- um, it's either him or Tua. No, no, he has more than Tua. Um, yards per game, he's like fifth because you have okay. uh, some players. Oh, because they don't have, they haven't had their buy yet. Right, right. Uh, that's that's how it was. All right, well, fine. Pure passing yards. That's fine because Tyreek is going to get two thousand yards fraudulently because of seventeen games. I didn't say that. I didn't say that. I didn't say that. He might but, get two thousand and sixteen games. To be to be fair. Oh, I don't know, man. He's you look at him. And over the last, well, last two thousand to me is not the number for him. For him, it's can he break the Johnson record, which is what nineteen oh six in I'm sixteen just, games? Yeah, no, no, I get that. But the last six games, he has been really, really good. He hasn't been the same though. His yards per yeah. catch is like down six yards from what it was the first four games of the season. A lot of that, as we, you know, we talked about, our teams just determined not to get beat by him. But I think a lot of it is some of it also is wear and tear. I think. I mean, he's a guy who's running a marathon every time he goes out there now has three injuries to, to monitor uh, most targets entering this past entering this past weekend um, in the national football league. Um, or yeah, I think after their game on Friday, entering the Sunday games, he had the most targets. Anyway, he's being used a lot. His snap count, not in the top 10, but he, you know, he's, his, his targets are up there. So I don't think it's a given at this point that he gets 2,000 yards. And I definitely don't think him getting it in 16 games is going to happen unless he goes absolutely bananas into the commanders, which could happen because they're really bad on defense. I was just about to say, here's the segue to talk about how bad they are on defense. Okay, so since the trade deadline, which was Halloween, there have been four games, the commanders have played four games. They played the Patriots, the the Seahawks, uh, the Giants, and the Cowboys. Of those four, one elite quarterback, one pretty good quarterback, Two dog poop quarterbacks. We can all agree. Poor Tommy DeVito. Okay. Well, Tommy DeVito lit their asses up. So. Yeah, he did. Yeah, uh, he did. In those four games, they have given up um, <laughs> uh, over fifteen hundred yards, six point four yards per play. By way, by, by way of comparison, about five and a quarter is the median number. Like five point two is average in the National Football League. The commanders are giving up 6.4. So that's like 20% more than the league average per play. Uh, first downs, 19.8 per game, 5.1 yards per carry against. Uh, here's the fun one. Uh, those, the, the, those quarterbacks who I just mentioned, who I just rattled off, <clears throat> completion percentage isn't great, 63.8%, but I think a lot of that is Mac Jones and uh, Tommy DeVito. But they're averaging 7.8 yards per attempt. 10 touchdowns, one interception, a passer rating of 107, which I think that's the league lead. I think the league leading quarterback in the National Football League is somewhere around there. Uh, they do have 10 sacks in those four games, but here's something fun. Nine of them came against the Giants. So they play a real offensive line. They have one sack in three games. Uh, their EPA on defense, 29th. On dropback, 26th. On rush, 28th. The last line of the note I sent to you was Dolphins might score 80. 
Probably not 80, but, but no, you know what? They won't because Mike McDaniel will, will call off the dogs as we've seen. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, no it's, it, it's, it's going to be ugly. It, it's going to be ugly. Um, I, I want to point out one, am I allowed to point out one positive stat for the commanders? Because it's interesting. It, it kind of goes to what we just talked about earlier about the dolphins. They are 12th in the NFL in goal to go defense and allowing a touchdown. And we talk about how the Dolphins in goal to go are not, you know, they're right around league average. I think 15th last I looked. Um, so is that, is, that on the, is that on the season? Yeah, that's for the season. Yeah. So, I mean, we don't know the last four weeks. You know, no, I can't. I couldn't break that down by, by four yeah. weeks. Correct. Um, the yeah, okay. Are All right. So they're going to have to score 80 yard touchdown passes then. Right. Well, I, and, and we'll get Hill right back on track. And and maybe Tua gets back on track for MVP uh, after a six-touchdown, 500-yard performance coming up. Yeah, he his his numbers over the last month have not been certainly where they were earlier in the season, but they haven't been super impressive, largely because of the turnovers. Like, if, yeah. it, you know, the picks, and then he's had a, at least one fumble, um, maybe multiple over the last month. Um, those interceptions not only bring down your passer rating, but they take away potential touchdowns, too. So... Um, that to me at this point, penalties, again, unless they're playing the, the, the Eagles, the bills or the chiefs, they don't really commit that many penalties. Um, but they do turn the ball over at a rate that is alarming, I would say. Yeah. Oh yeah. They're, uh, I was just looking at it, I believe fifth in the league. Yep. Uh, sixth in the league in how many, uh, the percentage of drives that end in a turnover. So they were said, they were outside the top ten heading into this game. They are now sixth. You said it was like fourteen percent uh, last week. That number is probably 15, going up. Fifteen point two now. Fifteen point two percent of their drives end in a turnover. That's bananas to me, man. That is that that is usually a team that's thinking about drafting a quarterback in the top five because they're a really bad football team. There's only one good team above them, and that's the Chiefs. By the way, the Chiefs are at sixteen percent. They are fifth. There are a lot of similarities between those two teams, how yeah. they're constructed, the innovative offensive mind who as the head coach, their propensity of doing dumb bleep. <laughs> you know, there are there are some similarities, except for the, the Lombardi trophies. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, the commanders are right behind the Dolphins at seven. So 14.9 percent of their drives and then a turnover. I expect that um, may increase this weekend. What was your, uh, you had an AFC East question or a broader picture question? For no, me? I had, yes, I wanted to ask Dolphins get to eleven and three. Let, let's say wow, already just writing off three more wins. I, I am, I am, because it's more fun to talk about this. How many more wins do you think they need to get? Is the one seat still in play? Oh, hundred maybe right. Yeah, there's tiebreaker issues, but does twelve wins get it? Do you need to get the thirteen wins for the one? Probably. Oh yeah. Well, because. Well, it depends. Is is one of their thirteen, one of their twelve wins against the Ravens? It, it will. They'll they'll have to win that. If they lose that game, the, they really can't get the one seed. Unless between now and then, the Ravens lose to the Niners and Jaguars. Or that's the Dolphins' only loss. Like, or you know, that's the Dolphins' yeah, only. Yeah. Loss. What, what are they right now? They're eight and three. So if they yeah. finish thirteen and four, I'd say there's a really good chance they get the one seed. The concern with that would be the Jaguars don't have a hard schedule anymore left. Outside of the Ravens, it's not a good – I mean, the Browns were supposed to be good, and now, you know, with their quarterback We're going to go back to the conversation that we just had. It's really, really hard just to say, okay, six wins to finish the season for the Jaguars. I mean, they're going to have slip-ups. They are. Um, 
And then the Chiefs, though. The Chiefs is the other one because they have the tiebreaker. And outside of the Bills, you want to hear the Chiefs' remaining opponents? Oh, I can't wait. Patriots, Chargers, okay. Raiders, Packers, and Burrowless Bengals. Oh, that's not good. Yeah, I mean, if there's a team that can rattle off 10 straight wins, it's the Chiefs. Because that defense is so good, man. That defense travels. It's really, really good. Um, and you have to think at some point, though, although they keep losing wide receivers, right? Yeah, Hardman going IR, is that right? What's that? It, it doesn't. It doesn't seem to matter, though. Well, just, I, I no, it does. It does matter. Like if their defense wasn't playing out of their skulls, this would be a mediocre football team because Kelsey is diminished, yeah. and those wide receivers are bad, like bad. Yeah. So yeah, they are. We saw that. I, 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 I think like it's crazy, but um, it could be the, the the Dolphins and Chiefs defenses could carry them to the AFC Championship game. Which you'd say that before the season, you're well. Although you know, we thought the Dolphins' defense was going to be good, we just didn't think it was going to start out as bad as they did. So say that in week two or three, you'd be like, "Oh, you're nuts!" But uh, yeah, it's. I, I think the one seed's definitely in play for them. They got to get to eleven and three, a hundred percent. What I wanted to ask you about, and we'll get out of here on this. What if it's Dolphins Bills week eighteen, Dolphins Bills week nineteen? I don't. So I've gotten blasted for this by our CCO, David Behrman, because he wants to write off the bills as done. I refuse to believe it because I've seen what the bills can do when they're not turning the ball over, if they can just get out of their own way. Um, and I want no part of the bills in the first round. I want look, no part. You look at the EPA per play, uh, that website has the tiers and mm -hmm. what they do is they, they have X, Y axis where you are on offense, where you're on defense. And then they do the diagonal lines to, to, to show you the tiers and the Bills are Tier 2, and the Dolphins are Tier 2, right? So on a down-in, down-out basis, that team is still really, really good. Uh, they just make the mistakes the Dolphins make, but worse. I mean, I think that's the that's largely the difference. They're diminished on defense, but, I mean, was that a, you know, a terrible defensive game against the Eagles? I don't think so. The first half was the Eagles were clueless, right? Yeah. So I think it, was a, it wasn't a great defensive game, but it wasn't a terrible one. Uh, I'm with you. I would much rather see oh, clearly the Colts or, you know, Texans or insert, you know, mediocre team here. Any AFC North team aside from the Ravens would much prefer to see them. It would be so Dolphin to get this two seed and the Bengals and the Bills be the seven. It would. Yeah. It would. There would be some nervous days in the lead up to that playoff game. Yeah, and let me add, if there's a scenario out there where the Dolphins are playing for nothing in Week 18, they've you know their seed is locked in. There are two, there whatever it may be, two or three, and the Bills have to win and get in. I would 100% play you know everyone the hardest to to keep the Bills from even getting in. Well, not just getting in. If you know that you if you beat them, you won't see them. Right. That's even yeah. That like. Yeah, yeah. I mean, certainly, if if the you know the Dolphins are the the two seed and the Bills get in at the I mean, if the Dolphins are the three seed, the Bills get in the seven. The only way you would see only place you would see them is the AFC Championship game. I think all of us would say, "Oh, all right, you lose the Bills in the AFC Championship game, it's still a pretty good season, right?" But what you absolutely do not want to do is to see them in the wild card round. So uh, if if it's if it's a scenario where you can get a much better opponent in the wild card round by beating them. 
you do it. You absolutely do it. Yep. Okay. And then let's wrap it up, Adam. How many do the Dolphins win by? Uh, the what's the biggest number? Okay. Will they beat them by more or less than 50? <laughs> less uh, than 50. But, you know, by the way, that the Bronco win looks really good all of a sudden, doesn't it? People were poo-pooing it. Not even a joke. It's the best win of the season. Yeah. In the National Football League, it's the best win of the season. And and he, and and what's got here on this? Everyone's on Twitter is like, oh, it was a different Broncos team then. Was it? I mean, the first, yeah, they started 0-2. Those first two games they lost, I think, were by combined four points or something. Yeah. Right? Um, it's a it's certainly a better team, but it's not a different team, right? They're they I would love to see that rematch. You imagine that, the 2-7 matchup would be Dolphins Broncos. Yeah. Yeah, that you, would it make you a little uneasy? You no. know the whole re- revenge no. thing. No, 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 because the Broncos are still probably a tier three, if not tier four, team in the National Football League. Yeah. Okay, so Dolphins win by what twenty? Give me a number, Adam. Hot higher. Uh, I would say twenty-four plus. I think we're looking. I think we're looking at like thirty-eight, ten, something like that. Okay. All right. I, I, I agree. I don't think it, I, I would say somewhere, I mean, they'll cover, I, I think 13, 14 probably feels right. Um, well, yeah, they could call off the dogs and, you know, commanders could get a light garbage touchdown to make it look interesting, but there will not be a point on Sunday where you think the dolphins might lose the game. Okay. Like it'll be, it'll be very similar to that Panthers game. They go down 14, nothing. The dolphins are still going to win the game. So you won't be nervous at all. It, it, let's say that, that that first quarter unfolds just like it did against Carolina. Are, are you nervous or you're like, nah, they'll come well, back. Is, is Tua healthy? Yes, yes. Not nervous. Okay. Just because the, the commanders are unspeakably bad on defense. Like really, really bad on defense right now. Yep. Okay, well, be sure to check out profootballnetwork.com slash Miami hyphen Dolphins for all the coverage of this game and all the other games after it moving forward. Be sure to check out pfnmerch.com for all of your holiday shopping for your, you know, the football fans in your life. Um, be sure to subscribe to the pod if you haven't already. And if you're watching on YouTube, subscribe, like it, and all that. And we will see you back here next time on the Pro Football Network, Miami Dolphins Podcast. <laughs>